0: Hey fellow brain pickers, this is episode 93. I will be picking the brain of the number one Snapchat influencer in the world... Virginia Salas Castillo and here's some of the things that we're going to discuss. We're going to talk about the three steps to becoming an influencer, how to be successful by being shameless, why Virginia stripped down to her underwear, yes, stripped down to her underwear in the streets of New York and got people to draw hearts all over her body. We'll also talk about what you can learn from Justin Bieber, Casey Neistat. We'll talk about the biggest mistakes people make on social media and why you should be on Snapchat. And some other interesting highlights is that Virginia um, actually took four flights, two trains and a bus to get to school. Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? My company getfeatured.com will get you featured on targeted shows, will design you a custom bio page, pitch you to the host, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.com to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 93 of Can I Pick Your Brain My guest today has been named the number one female Snapchat business influencer in the world by Inc. Magazine. Virginia Salas Castillo went from working for Apple and then Oracle to becoming the founder of Genie Can Breathe, a PR, social media, and influencer marketing firm that helps businesses build influence and online awareness. Some of her clients include Uber, the BBC, the NASDAQ, and Adobe, to name a few. But don't think she was an overnight success. Virginia attended 15 schools in her childhood and had to fight her way out of two bankruptcies. She is also the founder of the I trust you movement where she is on a mission to bring people closer together one hug at a time. Now, here's a little rap I put together to help introduce her. Giving a hug is the new drugs to join the club cause the outsides just steal, the inside is real, it's how we truly feel and this is how we heal. Her trip to school wasn't cool, her life was a whirlpool and she felt like a fool but now she runs on hydrogen fuel. From struggling and going bust, she's risen from the dust and now she spreads trust, getting to know her is a must. Snapchat is where it's at if you want your wallet to get fat, it's not just a matter of fact, don't let your brand fall flat. Social media queen, she likes to make a scene, branding is her theme and you want her on your team. Internet marketing gorilla, she's the opposite of vanilla and her name is Virginia. Virginia, welcome to the show, and thanks for letting me pick your brain.
1: Oh, my God, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I warn you. I am
1: dying.
2: Can I please have that audio track and make, like, a sick music video for my website?
0: <laughs> for sure. Absolutely done. I, I'm actually going to add some background hip-hop music to that, so it will sound a bit better.
2: Oh, my gosh
0: and uh that yeah
2: i am sure. fully serious thank you so much for having me it's such an honor
0: it's an honor to have you on the show mrs queen of female snapchat number one business influencer in the whole wide world
2: it <laughs> <laughs> says on my passport actually
0: it does i, I have I to I... change it yeah <laughs> 15 schools i mean seriously like i barely handled going to two so like what what's up with that why why 15.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, basically, um, my mom just traveled a lot with us when I was a kid, and um, I I actually went to sixth grade, to three different schools in sixth grade without ever, like, failing a grade, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, And so, like, a lot of things, like, just happened. We had twice our house got destroyed by a hurricane, so we had to move away from there. Um, I've been in, like, a 7.5 earthquake, um, and then... You know, like parents getting divorced, grandparents dying, like all these kind of things like lead to like a shift in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, one hurricane actually destroyed my school. So, I didn't even have a school to go to.
1: Um,
2: And I never went to 10th grade and I did 8th grade homeschooling in two months. So, it's been quite the adventure growing up.
0: Wow, that's insane. So, nature doesn't favor you, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so
2: great, though. It's amazing being in an earthquake or a hurricane because it really humbles you and it makes you, like, realize, like, how awesome the world actually is Mm -hmm. and that you're just, like, this tiny little ant. And you can't really always, like, as much as we try to control everything, your roof can literally fly off from your house. And I would definitely see those as, like, some of the greatest experiences of my life.
0: Yeah. And also two bankruptcies to top it all off, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
2: Exactly. I had like, I was always broke. I mean, I grew I left home when I was 16. So like with zero money in my
0: pocket. So your parents, they got divorced when you were 16 or before that?
2: Um, my parents, it was funny cause they were like never really together and they got uh, married when I was six cause my mom was about to die. So we would have been orphans.
1: Oh my um, gosh. so they
2: kind of yeah, they got, like, married Jeez. out of an emergency. And as soon as my mom married my dad and then realized she wasn't going to die, she was like, oh, my God, I have to divorce him. But he didn't <laughs> want to divorce her, so it just got really messy.
0: What a story. So probably story. when I was, like,
2: the, yeah, the ultimate divorce was probably when I was, like, 10.
0: What? So you, you – <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just trying to digest all of this. So you basically grew up um, with two hurricanes, uh, an earthquake, a divorce <laughs> and, yeah. and that's just the beginning. So talk yeah. about, I guess, um, at 16, you, you left home and you had the longest trip in the history of students to get to oh school, my God, yes. right? What is it? It's four flights, two trains, two buses, which basically was about a 22 hour journey to sit in an hour and a half class.
2: Yeah, that, that's what I needed to finish right. me because so, to, <laughs> yeah, so basically to um, my school was always crazy, like it was never, ever linear. So when I was um after moving to Australia after high school, I came back to Austria to go to university because it's free there. Right. Mm-hmm. um So they actually like pay you if you're from a low income family, like to study. Uh, So you get, like, an allowance. So I started studying sociology and English literature. But then um, two semesters before I finished, I got the call from Apple headquarters in Europe, in Ireland, who were just like, hey, we're doing this, like, new pilot project and we're looking for German speakers. I applied. Like, they love me. Um, My partner at the time got in as well. So I kind of, like, broke off uni to go to work for Apple for three years. Nice. but my whole thing was like to always like still finish those studies, and all of my professors gave me exceptions to finish like my coursework online while I was working for Apple. Mm-hmm. All except one. So he was like the greatest challenge of my life. Like three years it took me to finally finish like his courses, um, and then in that one that you just talked about, like I then I was already working at the IT company Oracle in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I used all of my holiday to fly to class every single week. And it was always like a two-day journey, basically, to get there. And like you were saying, like four flights and two train journeys and three buses um, to sit in this one-and-a-half-hour class. Why? And, uh, yeah, but I, I finally finished, but I never even printed my uni degree.
0: That makes me sick. Like, why, <laughs> why, why would you do that? Oh, my goodness. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I just, for me, I just saw it as my greatest challenge. Like I didn't, I knew that I was never going to need a degree again, especially not in sociology and in English literature. But I think like I just have to prove something to myself that I can like face with impossible odds. I can do anything. Um, and, you know, you're not going to give up. Like if you're running a marathon or you're running a race, like you went in that for a reason. And it's not, you know, about like finishing. It's about pushing yourself through that journey and knowing like what your limits are. Um, and so pushing myself to my limits and like not completing the journey would have just, I would have disappointed myself. Like no Mm -hmm. one would have known, no one would have been have to know that I went to university. That was just a part of my story that I wanted to own. So that's why I put so much effort into it.
0: Interesting. And you spent what, like $10,000 on flights and hotels pretty much traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I was that. lucky
2: that I was earning enough though to have that money. I was I was making I was making good dollar at Oracle. Oh, good
0: dollar, yeah. So why'd you leave? <laughs> I mean, if you are making good dollar at Oracle and Oracle's like an incredible company to work for, why uh, why leave?
2: Well, I mean, other than the fact that I'm making way more money now
1: <laughs> we'll when you know we work for yourself.
2: <laughs> um, You regulate that, right? So, you know, we still had hours of operation at my company. Like, you know what? I actually did an all-nighter, I just realized, at Oracle, like at my desk. I've probably been the only person to do an all-nighter at that company. Like literally the next morning, the janitor walks in at 8 and I'm still there. He's just like, what is this woman doing? (laughs) You know, like if you have that much energy inside of you and that much drive and like the other thing is like I have my own purpose in this world my own mission of things that I want to complete mm-hmm. and like obviously like that comes first before money you can earn money anywhere
0: yeah speaking of missions I definitely want to get into your mm-hmm. mission because your mission involves standing in the middle of the streets of New York in your underwear but um, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that in a minute so for those of you listening don't go anywhere um, so <laughs> <laughs> so you left you left the Oracle and You went straight, did you go straight into starting your PR agency or did you do other things before that?
2: So I was a happiness researcher. That's how I branded myself.
0: That's interesting. So the
2: genie can breathe my old, my first business cards, my old website, it just said genie can breathe happiness researcher.
0: Why genie? What? Why genie?
2: Oh, well, so my name is Virginia and my dad is German. He can't say Virginia, so he calls me genie.
0: That's cute. Wow. <laughs> so, so, dad, if you're listening to this, you, you basically, uh, thanks to your unable to pronounce your own daughter's name, your daughter now has a cool brand.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Julie. Very mm. cool. So, so you were the happiness researcher. That's interesting because mm. we all search mm. for happiness, right? So, what did you find mm. at the end of that rainbow?
2: Oh, yeah. It was like a total beautiful journey. I basically went nomadic and just traveled all over the world and I interviewed people on happiness. There's one of my videos on Facebook that's uh, interview with a homeless person. So, I was interviewing oh, yeah. a homeless person in LA that I met on the street on happiness. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I found kind of like what we all know like deep inside ourselves is that happiness is not correlated to circumstance. Like happiness is, is kind of like you know the fulfillment that you feel within your side yourself, right? So it's all those like intangible things, right? Like, do I love myself? Do, do I think I'm beautiful and attractive? Do I have people in my life that that connect with me that I can be vulnerable with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, like our basic human needs, like do have to be met, like things like do I have water? Do I have shelter? Do, um, do I have food? Like those are incredibly important things, but. I also traveled the world into third world countries like, um, you know, Costa Rica and the Dominican Republic um, and Nicaragua, where you would see extreme extreme poverty, where these people would just, you know, always just eat from one day to the next, so to say, Hmm. and still have this incredible amount of happiness. So, like, are important, but they are not, like, the defining factor. And you also have to ask yourself, like, how many resources can I actually live with?
0: So why are they happy? I mean, after researching Mm -hmm. poor people and, you know, people literally living Mm -hmm. day to day, what, why are they happy and people who are living in luxuries? I mean, we we literally Mm. in today's world live, you know, much better than kings and queens did, you know, hundreds of years ago. Right. So why do you think Mm -hmm. so many people are unhappy?
2: Yeah. I think it's gratitude. Like for me, happiness is gratitude. Like Mm -hmm. actually feeling like, like if you give me like an orange or, you know, like just something that I love and I'm just sitting there and I'm eating it and like I have just so much gratitude for this like beautiful gift. Right. And so people are becoming overstimulated. Like these people that, I mean, I, you know, I work in an influencer marketing agency. Like, you know, (laughs) I, I see it. I see these influencers with tens of millions of followers and that like, do not feel like, this completion, because it's never going to be enough, because, like, this rat race of society is just, like, pushing us further, and you need more <laughs> followers, and, like, well, that's not enough attention, you know? So, it can become, like, very toxic, so I think, like, if you step back from all of that and really, like, look inward and feel the gratitude for being, um, th- that's going to come. Happiness will come as, a, as an effect of that, and I think that that poor people are very humble, and they're very grateful for the little that they do have, and that's why they feel so much joy just for everything that life gives them.
1: Hmm. That's
0: really interesting. So, why the PR, So, when you finished doing the happiness research, why did you start mm-hmm. the PR agency?
1: Mm. Um, I
2: guess that's like where I found my highest excitement. Hmm. Um, I always think that's what you should kind of follow. Um, so basically, like through this whole thing of like me being genie can breathe and me hugging strangers on the street, I learned a lot about social media, and I learned a lot about this like new currency that we're kind of that we're creating right now. Um, which is, like, a similar currency to how it's always been. It's always been, like, money is where attention is, money is where, um, you know, like, you have the views or whatever. Like, whatever is being talked about is is going to be able to benefit from that, right? Yeah. Um, And so now that we've created this, like, democracy of the internet where there's a lot more people that have a fair chance just by being, talented, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually watching uh, a Justin Bieber um, documentary on Netflix last oh, week God, that no. I you... found amazing. God, no, you can't pay me really... enough
0: money to watch that, seriously. I, mean.
2: <laughs> <No> <laughs> I I, You know, I was never in the Justin Bieber generation. When he came along, I was too old to fancy him because I would have been a pedophile. Um, <laughs> so I, <laughs> that like, never happened for me. But like when the Skrillo stuff started happening is where I started paying attention because the music was amazing. Mm-hmm. and he was just like blowing up everywhere but I watched the documentary and like he's literally like this human being was born a musician like that's just what he is like you right. have videos from him being like a 3, 4 year old like beating drums like this is all he ever did he was a musician like he went busking out in the streets of his hometown in like tiny Canada like as a 12 year old just like on his guitar like singing his soul out you know like so I want to actually like-
0: I want to stop you there for a second Virginia because yeah. this is this is this is a great example. You are essentially the queen of of influencers. Like you know how yeah. influencers work, right? And that, that's kind of like I, I feel what a lot of people listening to this want yeah. to become. They want to become influencers. They want to have their own following, right? Yeah. It, in fact, so much so I would almost put being an influencer, you know, higher than even you know making money. I feel like a lot of people. Yeah, they, uh, want so- money, they want to make money, they, but they want to be influencers more than necessarily mm. they want to make money. So can mm. we drill down into Justin Bieber just because mm. you, you brought him mm. up uh, for the record. Mm. I didn't, but you did. And so yeah.
1: why, <laughs>
0: why is this kid, okay, so he happens to have good looks and, and he's a musician. How did he, let's like reverse engineer Justin Bieber for right. a second. How did he become such an incredible influencer? Like what does it take to become an influencer?
2: Oh my God. Yeah. He, like, literally, guys, like, watch this documentary. Like, you might feel embarrassed, but like, you're going to be so humbled when you watch this. Like, he did what I did, basically. He did what Gary Vee did. Like, he did, mm-hmm. he followed the recipe that all of us that are successful followed. And it's like, literally put in the work, right? So, let's say, like, trip to becoming an influencer, part one, right? Mm-hmm. First thing is find your voice. Like, really go inward and say, who the hell am I? What is my mission? What is my purpose here? Do I love myself, right? And if you are, like, so confident in who you are and what you do, you know, then you're ready, right? Because no one's going to listen to you if you don't have a voice. And so that's also what Justin Bieber did. Like, Justin Bieber had a voice, like, literally. Like, mm-hmm. he was just amazing. And he did this and he put in the work. He he sang at contests. Like, he just, he did everything. And he sat there and he busked, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, whatever it is that you do, I want you to be so confident with that to go out on the street and talk to people about it, right? Like, give me, like... Amnesty International, give me UNICEF, like old school people just like talking. Like I will literally, I've done this in my blogs where I go out to people and I talk to them about social media and I ask them to follow me on platforms, like door to door sales with whoever it is that you are and what you do, right? So that's number one, like find your voice. And then the next part is, is really connect, like make those connections. So like Justin Bieber, he he, what he did then, he found his platform, so because you know, He'd been singing and they, you know, they had this like old camcorder. They started filming his, like, his performances and putting them on, on YouTube. And guess what? Like Talent speaks for itself. They went viral. Like, he had hundreds of thousands of views on his little videos being this 14-year-old kid. And mm. then what happens is like it's not a hundred thousand people watching your videos; it's just that one right person watching your video. Which, in that sense, was I think Scott Brown, his name is—is is that his manager's name?
0: Okay, so he basically, the, his, his manager today yeah. was watching his YouTube video and said, "Oh my God, this kid has talent!" Boom, yes. he got picked up. I really yeah. like that you just said exactly. that, by the way. That it's not about how many people are watching mm. you; it's you just need that one person. You need, you know, and and yeah. that's incredible. That's so true.
2: Yeah. And they'll give you that right opportunity. And so then Justin Bieber started, um, um, you know, collaborating with his manager, who flew in him and his mom into Seattle, and then you know they moved to uh, to um, to LA. And so they went to every single recording studio, and they're like, "No way, he doesn't have a platform. You have to get him on billboards. This takes years." Like everything was just like, "No, no, no." Mm-hmm. Closed doors, closed doors, closed doors. Right? It's like fourteen year old kid like sitting in Hollywood, <laughs> no friends, like not knowing what to do. And then so finally they were like, okay, we're just going to go like door to door. We're going to keep on doing this YouTube thing. We're going to keep on just playing music. So they hit up like every single radio station. Every single day he would he would tour really like with his bus and his guitar to every single radio station in the U.S. And if they weren't playing his record, he would still play for them. So he went like... That door to door, like just like when you're on social media, you're growing your following, you have to go to every single person to grow that following. And then he started tweeting and telling his fans where he was, and it just started amounting and amounting and amounting. So he's basically the first like social media success, like in a massive way.
0: Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to be shameless mm-hmm. in a way, right? 100%.
2: Mm-hmm. 100% unapologetic that's one of my favorite words be completely unapologetic for who you are and what it is that you're trying to do because no one's going to help you <laughs> unless you help yourself and I wanna, you ask for it you have to ask
0: yeah I want to get back to shameless in a minute in a minute mm-hmm. but you said there were there was like a ingredients and I don't want to get too distracted so the first one mm-hmm. is find your voice the second one mm-hmm. is build your connections right build your following mm-hmm. shamelessly mm-hmm. what's the third
2: mm-hmm. um like do the legwork as i was saying he was mm-hmm. going from recording studio to recording studio just like me i spoke at 20 different conferences this year most of those were, were unpaid right wow you know what i mean so you have to like actually go speak to the audience be there um and so you want to get as much exposure as possible right if you could speak at your local to- toastmasters do that go to client meetings that you're not getting paid for but sit down there and listen, right? Mm -hmm. Listen to what they have to say. What do brands need? You're not gonna find out if you don't ask them. You need to be talking to as many people as possible in your week, like ask yourself, how many cold calls are you doing this week? How many sales calls are you doing? How many calls to just like connect with people? Something that I do on my Facebook is I put out there, I say, um, I'm gonna pick, you know, comment something, right? I like ask a question Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna pick three people that I'm gonna give um, three free coaching calls to, right? Even though I'm not, like, a, I wouldn't, I, I don't usually coach entrepreneurs. That's, like, not my business. I'm more on the corporate level and, like, yeah. um, I suppose, like, startups in, in a way as well. Um, but I still go there because I want to listen to people. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to connect with people and see what are their problems so that I can help them solve them.
0: That's really cool. And, and uh, I want to get back to the shameless aspect of it because... Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you essentially did an experiment where you got down to your underwear in the streets of New York, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and like, talk about wanting attention. Like, what, what, why did yeah. you, why did you do that? And what what actually happened?
2: Yeah. Well, so the purpose of that was it's not like just like me prancing around my underwear giving people <laughs> high fives. Um, <laughs> this experiment is called Standing for Self Love. Okay. And it's about. Um, It's like a social experiment that's as well for the person doing it um, as much as everyone that's, you know, surrounding um, and getting to experience it. So I stripped down to my underwear and I had a sign that said, I'm standing for anyone that's ever struggled with a self-esteem issue like me. All bodies are beautiful. If you support self-acceptance, draw a heart on my body. Right. So this is getting people to participate in a message of love.
0: Well, so you let random strangers draw hearts on your body.
2: Hmm. yeah absolutely
0: okay that's that that's shameless right there that's pretty <laughs> but,
2: yeah and i and i really recommend it because i think that really? this is you know male or female this is a big disease in our society like how we perceive our bodies um and this is only something that you know like mainstream media when i was growing up this is something that was underlined you know like the um all these ads with like the beautiful women and you have to wear makeup and you have to style yourself a certain way. And you know, there's like this whole like stigma in society. Whereas now I think it's almost like uncool like to make fun of someone like that's like, we're really like resolving that, but there's still a lot of work to do and standing for self love is a way to do that, to bring out a message. I mean, this video has been seen by more than 10 million people Whoa. and everyone that was there, yeah, absolutely. It like really went viral. And then everyone that was there and got to experience it in real time, which was more than a hundred people that wrote on me. They were having a moment for themselves. Like they were able to actually like by me blindfolding myself as well, it was me creating a neutral space where they got to have an experience and like check in with themselves and be like, Wow, like actually I, you know, have some problem with body image issues or I've been judging other people for it, you know? So they were actually able to have this experience and You know, I've had people cry before. I've had people, you know, come up to me and tell me that they've been bulimic for three years. And, um, you know, there was just so much love and gratitude and connection. Like, there's, you know, like, if someone, like, takes off their clothes in front of you and and is literally, like, they're vulnerable, I I mean, I would like to see someone that, like, makes fun of them. Or I had a lot of, like, hate comments on the video, like, oh, did someone draw a dick on her? Like, I would draw a dick on her. But, like, honestly, like, I don't think that there's, like, a human capable of, like, being that disgraceful, if you see it in person, like it's so easy to say that online, like ha ha ha, mm. like I would have drawn a dick. But like, if you're actually there in person, like doing that, like imagine all the other people like judging you for it, just being like, are you serious? Like this is what mm-hmm. you're gonna do with this act of love.
0: Yeah, well, that's so. the issue with social media is I feel like it's so easy to be somebody else online, mm-hmm. right? When you're not in person having a human interaction, mm-hmm. it's just so easy to to be somebody else and hide behind your social media, um, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's, that's, it's really interesting and you also do, um, what is it, like a, hu- like a hugging um, experiment where you stand there blindfolded and you ask mm-hmm. people to give you a hug as well. How did yeah. that start?
2: That's basically what I trust you is. Um, so I kind of try to bring I trust you in like those like social experiments and bring them into the hands of everybody so they're able to like connect and become like an ambassador to themselves. Um, And, yeah, I trust you, like, it's not an experiment that I made up or something, you've probably seen these viral videos of, like, especially, like, people from different races and cultures and um, religions saying, you know, like, I'm a Muslim, um, like, you know, do you trust me, give me a hug, right? Mm -hmm. And these are, like, very beautiful videos and, like, extreme acts of kindness and connection, and so... I thought, I was like, well, how can we do this on a global level? And I would like to live in a society where strangers on the street just hug without knowing each other. So that's what I trust you is. So anytime you see someone wearing an I trust you shirt or like have an I trust you bag or a cap or whatever, you can just go up to that stranger and hug them because they're a part of that like secret society, I suppose, right? and so I just, I just think it would be beautiful. I, th- I think it would make people's days better to just get a hug from a stranger um, that they know that they can trust. And, um, and then also, like, if you're an ambassador, you're also um, encouraged to do the I trust you experiment, which is what you just described. So you blindfold yourself and then you have the sign that says, I trust you, do you trust me, let's hug. And then you'll start getting hugs from hundreds of strangers. I can tell you, like, no drug or no amount of alcohol will ever make you feel this happy and loved and connected to humanity.
0: So even if you don't see the person who's hugging you, mm. you yeah. what do you feel? Like, what do you sense when, when you're getting when you're getting hugged from so many different types of people?
2: Yeah, I think that we all have, like, a very strong ability to, like, read energy and stuff. And there's, like, all these other senses. There's, like, the smell of the person. Some people smell really good, and then you hug them, and then you're like, oh, you smell really good. And then they laugh, and they're like, <laughs> thank you. And they'll usually talk to you. They'll usually thank you because this is, like, an act of service that you're doing and a lot of people will will feel that, especially because you're not, you know these people that stand with like the free hug signs and they're mm. like looking at you and you're like passing <laughs> and you're they're like, give me a hug. And you're just like, ah, like leave me alone, you know? But yeah. this is like, this is none of that. This is you standing really passively blindfolded, like you can hug me or you can't hug me. This is just me doing something for you having an experience. If you want to enter this space, you know what the agreement is and it's having a moment of connection, right? And I've, I've had so many people that just, you know, start telling me their life stories and we start laughing or, you know, I'm German and I speak Spanish as well. So I'll have people from like other countries and then I'll start speaking in German like, ah, du bist Deutsche, ich bin auch Deutsche. You know, and they'll be like, what? What? <laughs> and then we, you know, we just like have this moment. Um, And, yeah, that's what happens. You smell them. You feel them. And every hug is different. Some people will, like, really fall into the embrace. Some people will be, like, more, like, hard. Some people you'll see, like, they're nervous coming up to you. They're scared, but they know that they want to do it. And, like, you just giving them that space and that comfort of being, like, it's okay. Like, I'm here. They're just, like, wow. And they they melt into it, right? Mm. So there's all this other stuff that you feel. You don't actually have to see people to connect.
0: That's really cool. How did you, Mm. like being being named the number one female instagram uh, not instagram whoops sorry competitor we'll get into that in a minute uh snapchat um uh, business influencer how did you how did you get there i mean there's a lot of people who tried Mm -hmm. snapchat and and try to build a following on there Uh, Mm -hmm. personally i tried it it wasn't easy and i kind of gave up how did you become the number one influencer on snapchat like what did Mm -hmm. you do
2: yeah, it's basically the method that I just described like it's like Gary B the Justin Bieber method like everyone that's successful like kind of follows this recipe and it was it's just relentless hustle and persistence like you continue doing this and and I really saw like my Snapchat as a business plan like I wrote down who are the key influencers right now um, what are the platforms like? What can I do to create a marketing strategy around myself? So I became like my own guinea pig, and and I really put on the work. Like every single day, I would post my username on different platforms, from Reddit to Tinder to mm-hmm. Quora. You know, commenting on articles, like you name it, I was there. Right. So I was suddenly everywhere. Like I infiltrated the internet, um, and I created viral videos, and I and I studied social and um and you know and i also estranged a lot of my friends my friends did not understand <laughs> what this snapchat obsession was right. and you know i was like oh can can we make a story like can you be in my snaps and like I'm just like <laughs> all i wanted to do was like create these stories and engage with my followers and um and and create something you know like it was sort of like my business plan i suppose and then i i reached out to everyone that was snapping and everyone that was someone in the um in the influencer network and nobody replied to me, like nobody gave a crap that I was suddenly, you know, so in love with Snapchat, except one person, um, which was the Snapchat influencer, M Platgo. And, um, and he gave a crap and he thought I was talented. And so he collaborated with me. And so he brought me into the following. And it was funny because the first time I went to a Snapchat meetup in New York, they were all like, "Oh, hey, yeah, um, you messaged me, didn't you? Sorry, I never replied." You know, it's like, it's like, yeah. well, I'm here.
0: <laughs> you Ignore get ready. me now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. What do you see people doing wrong? And and it's not. The, by the way, this question isn't just to do with Snapchat, but social yeah. media in general. What do you see people doing wrong? What are the common mistakes that people are doing? Um, that you think, oh God, you're doing it wrong. Don't do that.
2: Yeah. I think it's just that like me, me, me culture. And while I'm saying that, you know, like I built a strategy around obviously me being the central person, yes. But the problem is is that what they're not seeing is is like what about people that are following you? What about the people that are engaging with your content? Like what do they get out of it? And for me, like my mission is very clear. I want everyone to um, that gets in contact with any of my content to have an experience for themselves inside that makes them a better person, right? So I've gotten hundreds of messages on Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram of people that, um, you know, told me they were going to commit suicide until they started hmm. following my channel and saw that there are actually people that believe in love and kindness and connection, and, and they started making changes in their own lives, and now they're happier for it. I told, I, I get messages from people that start doing degrees and start their own companies and, you know, get back together with their partner and, you know, love again or, like, lost their belief in love and, and suddenly are are trying over, you know, like that that kind of stuff, because it's about them. It's not about them watching my life and like, hey, look at me doing this other new thing. It's about them actually having a platform and, and someone to interact with where they can reconnect to themselves. And so what, the mistake that a lot of influencers and these like social media, you know, like mavens and whatever are doing is, is they're just saying, Oh, look what I did again today, and this and this, and me, this and that, and like nobody cares. There's maybe like a few people that think that they're like, um, you know, they're bold for expressing themselves online and they will comment, you know, because they're more the underliers and they're more the passive ones. So they will get some engagement. But if you actually want to have influence, if you actually want to make a change and you want to have a mission in the world and make an impact, then you have to make it about them, your people, and how you can help them.
0: So give me an example, Virginia, like what are the type of things that you post on on Snapchat mm. that makes you different?
2: Yeah, so I always call myself like the unfiltered voice of social media. Um, <laughs> so it's, you know, I post the good and the bad. I post what a human's life is actually like um, and not like, hey, look at me, like in my outfit and like I look so great and like these are my <laughs> nails. Um, like that's not my content, you know, it's just like, Hey, this is me waking up, like looking shitty or looking (laughs) really cute. And like, look at the sun and like, you know, and like, this is what I eat. These are the people that I meet and this is what they mean to me. Right. I always like relate. I'm like, Hey, this person is like, they're so amazing. And they've done this for me. And like, now I'm going here and, and people see me like taking risks and taking chances and like, I'm going to go on this plan and I'm going to try to get a first class seat. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Like and just like, let me talk to this person or let me do something. Like it's me actually interacting with life. And when I have shitty days, then I'll talk about that and I'll be like, hey, you know I'm having a shitty day and I'm feeling worthless and I feel like I don't really have a lot to give and, or I just feel kind of weird and like this is how I'm processing that and this is what I'm gonna do about it. Um, and I think that, and I talk about things that people don't want to talk about like sexual molestation and like feeling, you know, uncomfortable with your body. Like I share so much for myself. Um, and like for a lot of people, maybe that's a bit too much because they don't know what to do with it. And they're just mm-hmm. like, whoa, because it brings up all these feelings inside themselves. So just like, oh, crap, like all these emotions are coming up. What am I going to do with it? And that's fine. And it's interesting that those people like keep on watching. And then like six months later, they'll be like, oh, then they'll have that moment where they realize because they've been able to actually, you know, just process all this stuff in yourself. So it's it's a little bit like therapy you know, like hidden therapy that you don't know about. And like, it's gonna sneak up on you.
0: <laughs> I love it. Casey Neistat, YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's like probably the biggest on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Why? Break that down, oh, like what, why? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't watch... he say
2: he's the biggest, cause he's definitely not the biggest, but he's the most influential. Okay,
0: actually. most influential. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah,
2: yeah um, I think like for a lot of the reasons that I actually just named, like he's transparent. He like and this man works so hard. Like you like, I don't care who you are, like if you watch just one of his vlogs, one yep. daily vlog, you will see how much work goes into that. Like try holding around that gorilla pod, and I have the same setup as he does. I have that <laughs> the exact same camera, like mic, everything. Mm-hmm. Try walking around with that for 24 hours or you know, 16 or whatever how long yeah. you're awake, and then and then edit it like the same day or the next day. Like you're driving yourself insane. So he puts in the work. He does the door to door, like he actually goes there. And then the other thing is like he's just transparent about everything. Like he doesn't he's he doesn't hold back his political views or what he thinks. Like he'll just be like unfiltered, right?
1: Mm. And
2: it brings people so much value because they they're actually able to follow like a real human life.
0: So essentially you're basically saying that the key ingredient which is what everybody craves is authenticity they just want to see real people not being afraid to speak you know you know their their mind essentially and and is that pretty much it because i i'll be honest with you virginia i've seen some people trying to be influencers and they'll like do some stupid stuff and i'll just be like oh god not another one right there's a lot of copycatters out there a lot of people trying so hard to be cool and they're not, and that's kind of what I'm trying to to get out of this conversation. Is you know how do you like how do you become the real deal as opposed yeah. to all the ones that are just not making it?
2: What what that shows is that you didn't complete step one, which is the most crucial: mm-hmm. finding okay. your voice and finding who you are. Um, Got it. That that is just that 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 if you don't know who you are. Of course you're going to copycat. And also, like, just as a side note, high five to those copycats because they're at least trying. They're better than all the people sitting in the sidelines just watching and criticizing because at least they're putting themselves out there and they're Mm. learning. With every of those crappy videos that they make and every (laughs) copycat thing they do, they're coming a step closer, you know? Um, And also, like, in terms of, like, crappy content also does work there's enough prank videos out there that are getting so many views and like and a lot of them are fake you know and they're working and they're getting views but they're not amounting to influence which is what excites me most right and i will make those videos as well because i just think it's really interesting like i'll make crappy videos and i'll, I'll make things that might not have like the most amazing content just because they do generate views but it's also interesting for me to experiment with that and see like but is that generating influence, and what kind of an audience am I attracting? Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so you know, coming back to your question about like being the real deal, is really finding out who you are, what your purpose is in the world, doing the work, and and showing that to people, and finding a network of people that are going to support you and bring out your message. Um, you know, most of my business comes through referrals, people that know me and are just like, oh, Virginia, talk to her about that. Like, you want to know about influence, you want to know about Snapchat, you want to know about Instagram and um you know pr like she's the girl that does that right and right. you can only do that if you have genuine connections with human beings that understand what your mission is in this world and want to support you
0: how do you keep up with all of your connections i mean you got so many followers right you've got people who are brand ambassadors how do you how do you keep in touch with every single one of them like
2: uh, the answer is i don't i don't keep up it's too much It's overwhelming. it's I get three to four hundred messages a day across platforms. Um, I'm managing a business. I'm building an agency. I'm building my team. I'm speaking all over the world. Um, You know, I'm helping clients. I'm building, like, massive growth strategies, you know, for Mm -hmm. them on on Instagram and and Facebook. Like, it's it's a lot. It gets too much for me. So, at the moment, I have um, my PA who is managing my Instagram messages, for example. Like, Snapchat, I can't have anyone you know there because you can't log in different people at once right um my facebook page messages are also managed by my pa so she sends me things if they're like important or they're business related or if it's, it's like a really touching story that i want to mm-hmm. reply to personally it just it gets too much like if mm. you are in the hundreds of thousands of followers like you just you're one person like let's be realistic what you need to do is is to really make sure that you are creating enough like Connection for you know that is still in alignment with your mission, right? So, I will still go out and I will do standing for self love and I will do things with I trust you, but like actually asking that of a person to like connect with like all these people and remain functioning and, and build a business, you know, and like an agency of the future that's unrealistic, mm-hmm. you know. So, you need to start building a team around yourself of people that support you. Um, like I just, uh, one of my guys that started yesterday, Edward, um. He, he just moved here from Denmark to work for me and like literally like one of his you know biggest missions what he does for me is, is actually just being like my buffer you know like if we go to conferences <laughs> yeah. or if we go wherever like he's just he's just there to support me you
1: wow. need a team yeah
0: by the way so insta stories is pretty much digging a grave for snapchat what are your thoughts on that
2: um <laughs> i wouldn't say they're digging a grave for snapchat i think that they're, that was a loaded question <laughs> yeah i think instagram stories is elevating instagram like instagram started becoming like irrelevant kind of boring like repetitive until they had stories like mm-hmm. instagram stories is giving them new life like it's something amazing and like I'm a Snapchat specialist just because it's a high-converting, very interesting platform that hardly any people understand in the world, and I love it, and it and it excites me to be so good at something most people don't get, right? It's like I'm an astrophysicist specializing in dark matter, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It doesn't mean that I don't love NASA or I don't love rocket ships or whatever. That's just something that I'm really good at, which is, for me, Snapchat, like, I love that people don't get it. Like I love that I can go into meetings with billion-dollar companies and they're like, how do I use this app? Like I don't well, understand. That, I'm like, oh, awesome. Let me hold show on.
0: You. But they're right because it's not scalable. You said it yourself. You said that you can't have... Anybody else manage your Snapchat. Now, you can get people to log into your Facebook and manage that. You can get them to log into Instagram and LinkedIn and Pinterest and all the other things. But Snapchat is the one platform that you and only you can control. And to me, that's just so unscalable.
2: Isn't that great, though? No. Because that's what makes it the most valuable platform on the Internet. That's why it converts higher. That's why uh, 56% of your followers view your content what
0: 56%? Yep. yep. See, Come that on. is sexy.
2: That's hot to me. You know what I'm saying? Like that's gorgeous. If, if Facebook pages, half a percent, 1% of your, your following actually see your content. Instagram, maybe three to 5%, 10% on stories. If you're a mega celebrity, right?
0: Okay. 56%. But who's on snap, but who's on Snapchat? Like, let like 16 year old girls. I mean, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs>
2: so 60 percent of um 60 percent of people on snapchat are between 18 and 36 right so i would say it's definitely an eight percent are above 36 it's definitely a a good audience like in in the demographic that's not the problem like i mean forbes right like you would say forbes has a pretty much an older audience nasdaq that's pretty much any 16 year old forget about it they're also on Mm -hmm. snapchat it's not about like Snapchat is not about having hundreds of thousands of followers and like having this huge platform Snapchat is about having the people on there that actually really give a crap about you and your company and the people that buy. Let me give you an example of uh, you know a ROI. If I um, put a an instagram story up about my brand i trust you right where you can buy actual physical merchandise right like shirts and hats or whatever right Yeah. on instagram stories i get zero i've never made one sale through instagram
0: okay like, but hold on what i'm saying yeah but you just mentioned that you only have a thousand followers on instagram whereas on snapchat you've probably got tens of thousands right yes
2: correct yeah
0: okay so that's a huge it's a huge difference i know but
2: it should at least don't you think it should at least give me one sale like just one like in one year of us having an instagram just like one sale and the thing so, is like yeah
0: no just a few 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 more reasons why i stopped on snapchat <laughs> okay. maybe you can yeah. get me back on it Uh, one is there's no links. So if I want to link to my episodes or if I want to link to my website and get people to, to go to my website, I can't do that. That sucks. Mm -hmm. Um, two, if I want to get more followers, I can't just add friends or, you know, there's no way for me to really like get more followers. Like, you know, it's like, what do I do? That
2: suck you
0: it actually does have to suck. do the work it does and and <laughs> then number follow, three follow, is Danielle. number three there's no virality is that a word virality yeah, yeah totally. there is that is a word right there's no virality if i if i post something really cool on facebook it will get shared thousands of times i've mm-hmm. had a post shared thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of times on mm-hmm. on instagram it could get shared and liked and and you know blow up but on Snapchat you put a really cool little video on there and it's like mm, nothing happens <laughs> like it's like doesn't yeah. get shared
2: Yeah but at least people that are like watching it are actually watching it and engaging with it you know what i mean like i had a client that um this wasn't through me obviously cuz i would never <laughs> do do a campaign like this but a client <laughs> told me of a campaign that they did with another agency that was $15,000 for one video um, on it. facebook right Fifteen thousand
0: dollars 15 for one video. Five,
2: yeah fifteen thousand dollars. this video got um 1.3 million views wow and um he was like yeah this you know this campaign didn't like you know go very well i'm like okay can i have a look so i go into the video i like look at the insights and i see that um 90 of the people just watched 10 seconds of the video but the hmm. moment where like the brand activation came in was 25 seconds into the video. So you just like <laughs> paid $15,000 for literally piss all. Like just nothing. Right. Like I'm sorry, but like it's nothing. If you would have invested that money into Snapchat, like oh my god. Like the ROI would be ridiculous. And I'm not saying like.
0: But you say that, but at least that Facebook ad stays around fit on, 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 on Snapchat, it's 24 hours. And yeah, like who's
2: going to go and watch this video that I just mentioned from last month. Like Mm,
0: there's some evergreen.
2: Yes. So so maybe someone like in five (laughs) years, how far did you go down my timeline?
0: Yours personally? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I don't remember, but I definitely got to the part where you were pole dancing with two chickens and a goat. Um, There you go. That was pretty recent. Yeah, and by the way, if my wife (laughs) is listening to this, I didn't watch the video. But um, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, I hear you. I mean... No, no,
2: I agree. Look, I'm not championing Snapchat and I don't think you should put all your eggs in that basket. Like I said, we do Facebook and we do Instagram for all those reasons. You really just have to understand where to play, where to place your players in every single one of those platforms and where you're going to be pushing down on. You know what I mean? Like be strategic about it and know what you're doing. And right. my difficulty is is that most people are going upon opinions of conversations that they're having in the pub or that some people are having on posts who call themselves social media experts but have no idea what they're doing and have never made a viral video or made their clients any money. So it's just like, you know, like you can listen to the propaganda or you can go to an expert that's actually like converted some serious stuff and like knows the market and knows how the platforms work and then you can make your money back because th- that's the biggest thing that just that makes me sad people are investing in influencer marketing and social media and they're not getting mm-hmm. a return obviously because they don't know how to how to use it properly and they're going to the wrong people and so if you are making this if you are in snapchat and you made the most hilarious amazing video ever guess what you download it you put it on instagram you put it on facebook you repurpose it for every single platform make it incredible um, and you get your your exposure everywhere if it's really that good content
1: mm.
0: cool so how can, for those listening you know a lot of people listening to this they just started a company or they're trying to get more exposure for their business and you know what would you recommend for startups to get the most amount of exposure for a small you know on a small budget
2: create viral content and Study how do you create
0: I love that people talk about it all the time create viral yeah. content how do you create viral what, what makes something yeah. go viral the most
2: easiest thing is see what other people are doing you know how you're talking about the copycats do that look what's working look at the strategies. see how people are putting the black bars at the top and the bottom of the videos and making something that is relatable hmm that'd be interesting how about creating a video that you want to watch right like hmm. that'd be something that'd be cool also like length on Facebook like you're looking at Probably 50 seconds to one and a half minutes. Um, you're looking at videos that have texts on them. You're looking at something that's like relatable. And I don't care what industry you're in, you can make that interesting. So either you're giving people information, you're making them laugh, you're showing them something that like they haven't seen before. Like um, one of our influencers has an 8.4 million Facebook page that he grew organically in the last two years. Mm. And literally all it is is science. Like it's science videos. It's called Science in Nature. Like you might actually follow it. Oh my God um, and it, yeah and all he does is repurpose like science content and he they're one and a half minutes long they have beautiful music in the background they have text on the screen with very simple writing people share it um, and that's what you want you want, want to make it relatable and stop putting your logo and your brand message in the first three seconds because that's already people are gonna turn it off like stop trying to make it about your brand like brands are so like focus on having their name everywhere like guess what like if you posted the video your name is at the top anyways and if someone cares about the content you posted they're going to go onto your page and they're going to give you a follow which is what you want because you don't want to always like don't sell them on the first date you know like bring them into your like get get a second date get a third date have a conversation so they know what they're buying you know Mm. I think we have to, like, get rid of that idea, like, to try to make people, like, buy on the first thing. If I go to a meeting with a client, like, the first the, the first meeting is just, like, us getting to know each other, like, being like, okay, hi, whatever. And then, like, you know, second meeting, we're, like, talking about business more specifically. We can set a price and everything. And, and it takes a few interactions to actually close the deal.
0: Mm. Love it. So, think of that. And if, you're, and if you were to advise, like, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, People are thinking, okay, I don't want to do too much, right? And I agree mm-hmm. with this, by the way. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't think people should be on every platform. I think, mm-hmm. you know, pick one and get really good at it because Facebook Lives are great. You know, mm-hmm. Insta Stories, great. Snapchat apparently is great. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mean, this is a really dumb question I'm about to ask, but which one, if you were to recommend one of those platforms to just become killer at it, which one would it be?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: 100% Facebook. Your business what? doesn't exist if you're not on Facebook.
0: Oh, my God. I don't believe you, Virginia. Wow, you actually said Facebook and not Snapchat.
2: Yeah, 100%. Wow. Snapchat is difficult. I'm not going to about to tell you to go create your own content TV channel. That's hard. Like, that's like, like Snapchat needs finesse. Like, you're not just, like, starting up in the social media game and I send you to, like, the Champions
0: League. <laughs> oh, you're playing hard to get. I see what you're doing here. Oh, I get it now. It's like, oh, you've got to start from, like, you know, the Facebook. You're not good enough for Snapchat. Like, I get it now. I guarantee you everyone listening to this is now going to jump on Snapchat just because you said that. I love it. And by the way, how many, how many followers do you have on Snapchat? um 50,000 uh, 50,000 50, so i'm wondering yeah. if i can wangle my way in here if i actually start on snapchat again and i like can we if i did like a snapchat with you i don't even know how that yeah. works anymore how yeah. many of your 50,000 followers do you think would follow me
2: oh probably like a thousand
0: really so i can get a yeah. thousand followers in 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 like yeah. one day
2: yeah depends how like how well position you how well we collaborate if you take over my account right if it's like just you or Mm -hmm. if it's like you're in a snap it all depends usually the best way i like because i've grown so many people's accounts like my boyfriend for example like (laughs) he has a huge snapchat now because of me Mm -hmm. lucky bastard (laughs) um but um (laughs) it's just like you're welcome um (laughs) no but like for example like what i'll do is i'll first create have them create a relationship to that person Mm-hmm. And you know, like them sh- seeing them like in different snaps and over a period of time, and then they're like, "Oh, well, this person's really cool. Like, I wonder what their Snapchat is." When people start asking me what their Snapchat username is, I know that that's the right time then to shout them out, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. like this whole thing, like you don't want to give things away too easily, you know. That's the whole thing. Like that's a problem in this like social media market. Everyone's throwing away. Like they're like, "Here's my course. Here's my free thing. Here's this like." Jesus, like, chill out. Like, you, I don't even want to buy it yet. Like, stop throwing things in my face. Like, <laughs> we, did a, we did a $1 masterclass, right? Because people are always trying to get people in their email list. So we're like, okay, like, let's sell a masterclass for $1. Like, 2,000 people bought it. So, like, guess what? We had 2,000 targeted people that um, are interested in Snapchat and Instagram whose emails we now have who all paid us. So we made our own paid email list. Hmm. So that's how I would you know, recommends you going about your business.
0: Okay. But for those of the for those of you that are listening that are not ready yet to, to do the Snapchat, go to Facebook lives and, and do those.
2: Yes. I'm very serious about it though. I love Facebook. I'm a huge champion of Facebook and Create good content. Engage with your followers. Reply to your comments, for God's sakes, and um, you know, like, create some value and interest. Something interesting. Like, I can literally go onto any like Facebook page right now. I don't care if they have 11 million followers or 30,000, and I can tell you things to improve and what they can do to get 8x engagement because that's what we do. 8x engagement.
0: Go on, go on, mine. Let's see what you can do. Right now. Yeah okay awesome (laughs) free consulting
2: session (laughs) this
0: is how I do my show man I I get you on my show I'm going to take advantage of this how much do you usually charge for this
2: oh for like an audit yeah like a thousand dollars
0: woohoo I just saved a thousand (laughs) kachingas This Dude, show I'm
2: always dish out value. So, do you, is this your is this your um, personal page, or do you have like an actual page, like
0: Facebook? Page? What do you want? You want my personal? Okay. You want my business? Which business do you want? Like, well, I've got where are you
2: making more money through? Is Get, what I want
0: to know. Oh, uh, so I've got um. So there's. Catch. Oh now.
2: <laughs> now we're putting you on the spot. No,
0: no, I'm open. I'm open like a book. Um, I've got. Can I pick your brain? Which is my podcast show. Um, and then I've got get featured, which is, uh, my PR agency, which we should talk about by the way, cause we can do some collaboration, but we'll talk about that after the show. Okay. So get featured. If you go to get featured, there's a page mm-hmm. there. And so do you want uh, to get
2: featured or pick your brain? You have to pick two. I'll do the personal one and then I'll do one of the business ones.
0: Hey guys, so Virginia actually really dug deep and cut into my Facebook pages and did a really good job of showing me where I was going wrong and what I needed to do right. Uh, I'm not going to include it in this episode because it is quite long. For those of you that want a copy of that audio, send an email to daniel at danielgeffen.com That's Geffen with one F, daniel at DanielGeffen.com. just put in the subject line Facebook um, experiment okay so put in the subject line Facebook experiment and I'll send you the copy of the audio this has been awesome. I mean we've gone, we've, gone, we've gone over time but there's so much yeah. valuable there's so much valuable content here. I'm so happy that you came on. Um, what's the best way for my listeners to, to reach out mm-hmm. to you and, and to really mm-hmm. get in touch with you Virginia?
2: Come to my house in London I live on two York Street. <laughs>
0: you are absolutely kidding me. That is the first time I've ever had a guest invite my listeners to come to their house.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Come by, I'll make you a cup of tea. Um, Yeah, so other than that, if you're not close to London, just send me an email to genie at geniecanbreathe.com. Um, or alternatively, any single social platform, um, Jeannie can breathe is the username. So if it be Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, but if you really want to get in contact with me, um, then my personal Facebook, Virginia Salas Castillo is probably the best. Or like I said, by email, those are really the, the kind of platforms that I monitor myself.
0: Cool. And uh, I actually added you Virginia against your will into my Facebook group. So there's another Facebook group that you've been invited (laughs) to without permission. So for those of you, (laughs) for those of you that want to pick our brain, you can join my Facebook group. It's called, can I pick your brain? And if you're not in there, get in there because that's actually a very nice active group. And all of my guests are in there and you can pick their brains there. Also, if you want to get any links to the show notes, including uh, virginia's details it's danielgeffen.com forward slash 93 and uh, virginia thanks so much for letting me pick your brain and thank you to all my fellow brain pickers I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action,
1: head over to danielgeffen.com.